Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Opus Private Clients Wellstyle Podcast. Today in the driver's seat is Yvonne Watanabe. Hello, Yvonne. How are you? I'm doing well, Eric. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You're you're flying solo today on this podcast. I mean, with me, but solo. No other. No, none of your teammates are with you today. Yeah, no. They they entrusted me. They figured they were. This would be in good hands with just me today. So I guarantee it hopefully is. Hopefully, you guys enjoy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, what are we talking about today? So, uh, based off of our last podcast around maximizing employee benefits, uh, we started getting a number of questions and and um, people reaching out specifically around disability insurance. I think with COVID and sort of the way employee benefits are and people are a little bit worried about what's going on these days, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a natural conversation, right? You know, hey, how is my income going to continue to come back into the household if something were to pop up, something were to happen to me? And I think um, it's it's a very, very important conversation. And so we just wanted to follow up on that today. Yeah, I can't imagine that it wouldn't spark conversation because people that don't have it, it's kind of a reality right now that there's a lot of things going on in the world. I mean, you brought COVID and that it's devastating to a lot of families. And I think people that's on their mind more and more, and it's great that people are reaching out. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that actually. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I think the first part of your process should be to take a look at what your employer is offering you, mm. right? And actually understand it and get a copy of the actual policy itself. The things to understand and to look for first is what percentage of your income does it actually cover, Mm -hmm. right? Secondly, you want to understand, is that benefit taxable or tax-free to you? Hmm. If you pay the premium, it's tax-free. If the employer pays the premium, it's taxable. So that's going to have a drastic impact on the net number that hits your, your, your bank account should you be sick and disabled. Yeah, that okay. that still seems really shady to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but not by the employer, but by the you know the government tax code and all that. It doesn't matter who's paying it. It should be a benefit. Obviously, you don't want to kick somebody while they're down. If they've got a disability, let's not tax them as well. But that's just my opinion. Only my opinion. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally get it. You know, and again, it's just understanding sort of the rules of the game and, and yeah. really getting hyper clear on that is is sort of what what we're about. And then the last part is something to consider both in the group insurance through your employer and on a personally owned policy. And this is probably the most important aspect of any disability policy is what is the definition of disability, right? Because in a life insurance policy, it's very, very easy to prove if I'm here or not here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a lot easier on a disability insurance policy, you want to make sure that you understand what qualifies a disability. And most policies that we see out in the marketplace or many policies that we see out in the marketplace specifically for group insurance are what's called any occupation. 
meaning if I can perform any job, then it will not pay my benefit. Yeah, that's ridiculous. If I'm a computer programmer, if I'm a doctor, if I'm a CPA, and I cannot perform my job, but I can be the receptionist or somebody else that works for the company, then that benefit will not pay. Mm -hmm. And many group policies that we see change into that type of policy after a two-year period of time. So it's really, really critical for you to understand what is that definition? What does it actually mean to be disabled under the eyes of the insurance company and that policy? Gotcha. Now, does that is that specific to that company? So in other words, if you can do any job at that company or is it any job anywhere? It depends on the language, but it could be any job anywhere. Oh, see, I mean, yeah. You have to be, yeah, you'd have to be completely disabled um, and not able to perform any jobs in order for you to receive a benefit. Yeah, and that's so tough. And, and reading all that fine print can be tedious, but obviously it's incredibly important to know exactly what's going on. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, then you start to see own occupation definitions, right? Own occupation definition essentially means if I cannot perform my job, whatever my job is at that particular time and the material duties for my job, then the benefit will pay. So it's a really strong definition, Mm -hmm. right? I think to take it up even further, many of the carriers that we utilize on an individual basis have what's called a true own occupation definition of disability. And what that means is if I can't perform my job Okay, it will pay me my benefit even if I can have another job as well. Got it. So let me give you an example. I'm an anesthesiologist. I get carpal tunnel. I can't, you know, treat patients. I can't see patients. I can't intubate, but I can go be a medical school professor. Mm-hmm. I can receive my full disability insurance benefit and my income as a professor. Yeah, that's the best of both worlds. I mean, it, it, it's terrible that you can't do your chosen occupation, but the fact that you're still able to work and still able to have that income in addition to your benefit, that's the best you can hope for, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when it comes to disability insurance, when you go to the open marketplace to get it, these policies are designed or can be designed in a way where you want it to pay as soon as possible as much as possible, and with the least amount of restrictions and the greatest likelihood. And so it's not always about the underlying premium. Many times you have to understand how to devise a policy and how to design a policy correctly to help give you the greatest opportunity for it to pay. And so when we're going through the marketplace with clients, again, we're maximizing that employee benefit because it's free. And then stacking an additional individual policy on top to really protect against those types of disabilities. Mm -hmm. So would that be something where the, the, the one that you purchase in the open market would kick in after the two years? If after two years they say, well, you could do any job, so we're discontinuing the benefit, or does it pay alongside and, and supplement some other way? Yeah, it would typically pay alongside the policy. Okay. So you it would pay in conjunction with your other group insurance policy and move in tandem, right? Ultimately, what we want is that your income 
is as close to your previous take-home pay to keep your life as financially stable and as financially similar as possible. Mm -hmm. All right. Right? Makes sense. And it's... And it's funny because, you know, I talk to a lot of young clients and, you know, let's face it, many of us feel like we're invincible, right? Many of us feel like, well, that won't happen to me. I know this other guy that that happened to, but it won't happen to me. And so, you know, there are so many ways that an individual can get disabled and it doesn't have to happen to work. I think that at work, that's a misconception that I hear often as well. You know, the chances of me getting hurt at work are very slim. Mm -hmm. But if you get in a ski accident, Right, accidents and in, in, in injuries make up a large percentage of disabilities. Cancer, another one. Um, musculoskeletal disorders, you know, a huge percentage. Hmm. Right, so all of those different injuries, illnesses that pop up, most of them don't happen on the job. Right, most of them are things that happen away from work that end up impacting your ability to go earn a living. And I think for us, again, we're trying to make sure that people are continuously protecting their income because that is their number one in 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 most circumstances. That is their number one asset. Mm-hmm. So, Yvonne, I got a question that's kind of selfish, I think, because uh, it's mainly me. <laughs> but I know there's a lot of listeners out there that are that are in the same position. So, I'm a business owner. And it's, it's difficult to say exactly what my salary is or what my pay is because I do some stuff through my business, but I also do some work as an independent contractor um, that's not going to be always exactly the, the same amount every month. So how would a policy cover me for my, my normal income and I, I don't want to say potential future income, but as my business grows or if, if I'm unable to do that and I have to shut the doors, how does that work? That's a great question. For our business owner clients, the insurance underwriter is going to take a look at your personal tax returns. They'll take a look at your business tax returns and they'll try to come down to a number where you're receiving an income as a household and be able to insure that. And on the business side, there's actually something called business overhead insurance Mm. where you would be able to protect the business, including salaries of employees, uh, materials, the things to keep the lights on, Got potentially it. your own salary to, to ensure that that particular benefit. So they would look into the financials both for the business and for you personally. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that answer. I guess my next question is you, you mentioned the open market, going to the open market to get uh, an insurance policy to get disability. Where do you go? I mean, you say open market, but how many companies are there? How does it work when you want to go out there and shop this stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we at Opus, we utilize somewhere around seven carriers, most of the major carriers. And when it comes down to the the underwriting process of it and selecting a particular carrier, not all, not all carriers are, are created equal, mm-hmm. right? When I look at them, I want to take a look at their financial. What's their Comdex rating? What's the likelihood that they're going to pay these policies? What's, you know, what's their client service like? And what is the claims track record like? Again, it's not like life insurance where if I get hit by a bus, you just present a death certificate and they pay. There's a whole process around declaring that you are disabled. Mm-hmm. So you want to give yourself, you want to work with a company that has a really strong track record of, of paying those types of benefits. So that's sort of the first thing that we take a look at. So I'm assuming that you're matching the 
provider, you said you work with about seven of them, matching the provider to what the client's needs are. I mean, I'm sure that there's specific situations where one provider is better than another for this specific client, but it could be flip-flop for another. For doctor, the doctor marketplace in general, um, I, I really like working with Berkshire and Guardian. They have a medical specialty definition of disability okay. that is extremely valuable. For blue-collar professionals, we might use another carrier. Um, if somebody is a smoker, we might use a different carrier. So it really just depends on under, and we do some field underwriting to understand the client, their health, their medical past, and to figure out which carriers are going to look um, a little bit more favorably upon that particular client. So um, that is something that we do uh, every time based on that. And then, you know, these days we take a look at who has the best underwriting process as well. During COVID, it's, you know, it's challenging to get a nurse to come out to do a normal blood and urine uh, exam. Mm. Um, and there are some carriers that during this, these challenging times, they've decided to waive that exam, depending on what area of the country you're in and, and what your comfortability is around having a nurse come to your house. There are some carriers that have been waiving that uh, medical underwriting. And so there's been some opportunity there for folks as well. All right. Even with that piece of it cut out with, with COVID, how long does this process take? I mean, is this something somebody can get done in a couple of weeks? Or are we talking a couple of months? It really depends on medical history. I've seen uh, clients get approved for disability insurance in less than a week from application mm. to finish. Um, and I've seen a couple of clients take several months. It really depends on what kind of medical history they have. If there is a reason for the underwriter to request medical documents and get some uh, some of that information, you know, the client has to submit some financials. So they'll have to submit tax returns and um, just to get a greater sense around their income. So it could take a week. It could take several months. Um, it really depends on past health history. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that makes sense for sure. Um, what else do we need to know today? I mean, for those that are listening to this and thinking, okay, this is definitely something that I need to consider. I'm not exactly sure where to start. What can you tell them and, and what are the closing thoughts for today's podcast? Yeah, I think, again, first and foremost, I would get really comfortable with your employee benefits and understand um, what's available to you there. Ask the questions that I that we talked about earlier, and then reach out to your advisor and find out how much disability insurance you can get on top of your employer-sponsored plans uh, and figure out how to structure a policy that works well for you. Yeah, makes sense. All right, Yvonne, thank you so much for your time. I think this was very clear, gave a lot of answers and, and probably created a few more questions for people as well. So that's good. If they want to reach out to you and, and talk to you specifically about this, how do they get a hold of you? Sure. They can uh, visit our website, www.opus-pc.com. All right. Fantastic. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast with the team from Opus Private Client LLC. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Opus Private Client LLC, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Opus Private Client, LLC. 
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Material discussed is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Yvonne Watanabe is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. California Insurance License Number 0H44206, 2020-103987, expiry 0622.